I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It is nice to be talking to you all today. Um, I'm having a nice refreshment tonight off of what you guys voted on, but we'll be talking about that later. First, I have to introduce, as always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. I am, first of all, very happy that Whiskey won the poll. Uh, as a as a big fan of whiskey, I'm happy it won. So I'm happy you're you're tasting your your selected whiskey. I have mine here, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, other than that, uh, the Rams shit the bed on Sunday, which sucked. Jared Goff played like absolute dog garbage. And uh, other than that, I'm I'm doing great, Corey. <laughs> Somehow I knew we weren't going to get through this podcast without hearing you uh, get angry at either the Rams or the Cardinals. So you know, we've we've crossed that off my checklist. Yes, I 100. percent But we'll, that we're getting out of the way there. So we'll, that's all we're going to mention about it, and then we'll move on. Let me explain to the Sporty Nation what we got coming up here on this week's show. Um, it's going to get a little uh, misty, I think, in the Sporty Nation because we are going to pay tribute to a couple individuals that have ties to the Coyotes organization that passed away this week. Of course, uh, Leighton Ocardo, who has been battling cancer for the last two years and became so intertwined with the Coyotes, not only the team – and the fan base as well. We'll talk about that in depth and pay tribute to her and what she meant to the team, to us, and to fans um, all around the state of Arizona and across the country too because I think she was uh, an inspiration to more than just Coyotes fans. And, of course, we also want to say goodbye to um, the Lou Monaco, who was the Coyotes parking attendant for – well over two decades. He passed away this week, too, and we'll, we'll get to that. We'll also, of course, get into our alcohol poll results. We mentioned it just a moment ago. We'll dive into that. And, of course, at the end of the show, I have a couple more random shit stories to get to. There's some good ones. That's coming up to end the show. But, Corey, let's begin with a, a little bit of news that we have to share first, I think, which is that starting... Thursday, essentially, we are beginning season two of this show on the Hockey Podcast Network. Because starting on this Thursday, you're going to get an episode every Monday and every Thursday. Yes, we will be back full time and back to our three episodes or, or three episodes, or two episodes a week. Sorry, people. I I tired myself out today. I'm a little loopy. But, um, and so you will get to hear us every Monday and every Thursday now. So uh, you get double the Corey and Richie, which is, I, I mean, I may be very biased, but I always think that's a good thing to have in your life. Yes, more sporty, the better. As we always say on this show, yes, we provide your hockey analysis, on every show, but uh, we might we like to make you laugh too. So hopefully we can make you laugh two days a week instead of one. That starts on Thursday, 
as we ramp up to what is hopefully going to be a new NHL season at some point in 2021. Second thing before we get into the Coyotes News of the Week, Corey, is of course the results of our poll, which we've had running for about the last week. Whiskey was the winner. If you were following us on Twitter on Sunday night, Corey tweeted out the instructions of the drink she chose to make tonight. What are you drinking, Corey? And uh, give me your review. Okay, so I I didn't go out of my comfort zone on on a whiskey, like which one I'm trying per se, because this one's the Gentleman Jack that um, my my dad likes, my boyfriend likes, and everything. So. I did stick to that, which was one I already had, but I, I said to Richie that I would start making some cocktails with it because of the fact that I am not a big whiskey person. I don't know much about whiskey. This is, you know, that is Richie's thing. Um, if anyone has watched our, um, after hours we do, I, uh, told the story of how I was handed a very expensive whiskey and I just basically took it as a shot and and Richie almost murdered me, I think, on the spot um, when that happened. So I am not the person to come to for all this stuff. But I was like, you know what? I, I may as well um, just try and make some fun drinks out of all of it. So tonight I went with a very kind of basic one, but I didn't go, you know, Jack and Coke route, which is what I should do considering should have done, I guess, considering the fact that like, that is what I drink most of the time. Like even when we go to, um, why can't I think of their name right now? Oh, the rising, when we go to rising games, that's what I have. I end up having a Jack and Coke, but, um, I was looking stuff up and one of them that's, that's very easy like that, but I thought would be a great first attempt to me is called a whiskey highball. And it's, is essentially just whiskey and um, ginger ale mixed together. And it, it's pretty good. I like it quite a bit. It's got that same, you know, like Jack and Coke flair, but like with um, with ginger ale, obviously. So, but it is really good. And it's apparently like one of the like oldest whiskey drinks and, you know, people... I, I guess it's a, it's a big thing. So, you know, that, that was what I'm trying tonight. And, uh, it was pretty easy to put it out to you guys on how to make it too. So if you guys want to have one while you're listening to the episode, it's been kind of a, a crazy ass year. So, you know, you deserve all these cocktails that I'm going to be making on the show. Maybe I'll learn something from you too, because I, I don't mix my whiskey. I, I don't do it. If I do, it's going to be a Jack and Coke. But like if I'm drinking like I am tonight, I am drinking the Walcott Kentucky made bourbon from I got this from Bedmo a while ago. And it's alright. It's not my favorite bourbon I've ever had. But uh it's it's pretty good. And I, I just I don't know. I I'm not a big fan because to me anyway, it's really hard to mix whiskey with a lot of things. Like Vodka, you can mix with just about everything. But with whiskey, it's a little bit different. And the, th- the types of things you can mix it with to make it taste good are a little bit harder to do because it's a lot more complicated. So I'm looking forward to learning from you. And, and maybe I'll be able to figure out some new whiskey drinks that I can try. So I am trying. I am drinking Walcott on the rocks tonight. And um, I, I, 
I like it. Not my favorite whiskey in the world, but uh, you know, it's 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 nice. I, I can dig it. Well, and that's and and I think it's it's a cool mix too because you can actually tell them what what the flavors are like and like how good it is of like a whiskey and whatnot. I can tell them cool, fun whiskey drinks to go with it. So Richie will tell you the the good whiskeys, and I'll tell you the good mixes to make with that whiskey. I agree. And you can follow us along the way, of course, at Corey underscore Richie show on Twitter and at Corey Richie show on Instagram. And you can see Corey making the drinks every week. I would have done one for mine, but I literally just poured it into a glass of ice. And that's all I did. So enjoy the whiskey along with us, Sporty Nation, if you'd like. And, uh, and now, Corey, unfortunately, we, uh, we have to get to the, the sad news of the week here. It was a, a tough week for Coyotes fans and the Coyotes franchise. And um, with the loss of two people this week, very close to the Coyotes organization. And we want to begin, of course, with the, the passing of uh, a really brave little girl, of course. Nine-year-old Leighton Ocardo finally succumbed to her battle with cancer after two years. And over the last year, she's really implemented herself into the Coyotes. And we saw how much she really meant to the players, to the coaching staff, to the front office, and to fans. And my my quick latent story is um, I, I was at a practice last year, and I tweeted out this video earlier in the week, if you didn't see it, where she came and she practiced and she skated at the end of the Coyotes practice with the players. And you could see just how much the players loved her and how much their faces lit up during this practice with her on the ice. And, and then afterwards, you know, I'm talking to coach Talkett and, and some of the guys in the locker room and, they all said the same thing. Like every time we would mention Leighton, their faces would light up and how much they loved her and Coyote's fans loved her. And she fought her ass off for two years battling this fucking disease, which we all hate. And it just it was just heartbreaking to see. The thing that broke me, Corey, about this was, yes, hearing the news was, was sad, but when the entire team went and showed up at the Ocardo family home, that was what broke me. I that 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 brought a tear to my eye to see that the entire team, broadcasters, um, Coach Tockett showed up to their house and they played ball hockey with their with Layton's family, and that that's what broke me. And this is a this is a it was a tough week for the Coyotes family this week for sure. Yeah, that that was what broke me too. So before the Coyotes had put it out. Um, one of uh, one of the people that works for the team uh, that I know that I follow on Instagram, um, he had posted them already like being out at their house and stuff and everything that they're doing. So it was like before the Coyotes had posted about it, and it like and I think part of it too was like kind of just the shock of seeing it too because it was just me looking at like Instagram stories when I saw it and. It was what it hit me really hard. That was the thing that I think hit me the hardest. And I think it was the fact that 
it was something that even during a time like these, you know, that everyone is so stressed out and everyone is so worried and concerned about everyone around them, obviously, because of, of, of COVID and everything that's going on in the world right now. But like, uh, the fact that how they decided to remember her was in essentially the way that she lived. Like, she was a very young girl. And for her to have the strength and the will that she had and and the same for her family and the fact that, you know, like, um, multiple times her mother was on TV with her, like, talking about how how passionate and how bright she was. You know, nothing about her was ever um, down or sad. And she was always such a bright light, which is so which is so crazy to say for someone that's her age because of the fact that that going through something like that, even as an adult, is extremely hard. And, and I feel like most adults probably wouldn't have handled it the same way she did. So the fact that she lived her life as, as to the fullest as she could and she tried to be uh, the person who, you know, when her name gets mentioned in a room, everyone lights up. Most of the time when you hear about pediatric cancer, that your a smile isn't the first thing that comes to your face. But when they heard her name, they heard her and her spirit, not the fact that she had pediatric cancer. And that is um, a big deal. And I think that's something that we, as, as human beings, like all of us, no matter what your age, need to be taking away from all of this is the fact that she really did live her life, even though she knew her days may be numbered. She just lived her life like it was her own and tried to make her days and all the days of people around her better. And that is something we can all learn from and really just take that bit of her memory and carry that on as, as a representation of her. Like I tweeted out that day and I said that we need, we need to like, start a hashtag that's live for Layton because of the fact of the fact that that's what she did. She really lived. And um, I think a lot of us forget to do that sometimes. The, uh, her message to the coyotes before their run in the playoffs was skate hard, have fun. And I think that's a, a pretty perfect way to, to really live life in general, I guess, right, is uh, skate hard and have fun. You know what I, I, I would love for the Coyotes to do here in this situation is is her number was 49. That was her number with the Kachinas and the number she's she wore. Um, I think it would be cool if the Coyotes retired the number 49 in her honor. I think that would be a really great way to honor her and to – always kind of keep it that in mind about um, how this disease needs to be fought is, I guess, for lack of a better term, like it just continues to raise that awareness. Every time you look and see the number 49, that's what you think of. And you think of not just Layton, but all the kids across the country, pediatric cancer, like you said, Corey, that are going through this on a daily basis and I, 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 I don't know if they're going to do it, but I think it'd be a, a nice way to honor her legacy. 
Absolutely, I agree. It would be a really great way. And to just keep her spirit alive. Because, like, in the end, I think from what she's given off to everyone so far, that's that's from what I could guess. Obviously, I didn't know her personally. But from what I could guess, that would be the sentiment that she would want all of us to have is for her to be remembered as as a bright light and to continue that light going forward and uh and yeah so I think I would that would be really cool that would be a really cool thing to see and not only did the Coyotes family lose Leighton this week and they all we Coyotes fans and the Coyotes family and Diamondbacks family too for that matter um also lost a longtime member of the organization um Lou Monaco who was known as Sweet Lou was the team's parking lot attendant for 21 years. And he passed away this week. And uh, and again, you just saw an outpouring of love from former Coyotes, from current Coyotes, Luis Gonzalez, former Diamondbacks, uh, Randy Johnson. He was a he worked Diamondbacks games too. Uh, somebody else in this Coyotes family and organization that was just beloved by a lot of people. Yeah, that uh, he was um he was there from 1996 to 2017. So, he obviously was around a lot of people over all those years and um it's just I don't know. This this has been a rough year. Like that's all like I've got to say is this has been a really really rough year and and we've lost some really great people. And so it it's very unfortunate that that this organization lost two people that were such um, happy, bright souls um, so close back to back. It's a really hard time, and it's a really I, I'm like I'm also I like a loss for words and the fact that it just it's very it's very sad. Yeah, it's uh, the tough thing about it is having that both happen in the same week is 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 really rough and especially in a year of 2020 which has been a rough year like you said so our, our thoughts and our, our condolences to the family of Lumonico of course and of course the family of Lady Nicardo um, both um, keep your families in our thoughts so, okay so that, now that that is in in behind us there, rough to talk about, but of course we had to do it. Um, we do want to talk about one more Coyotes related thing before we move on. And I brought this up on, on the show last week, and we don't have to dive too deep into it because at this point, I, we both of us have no clue when the, when the NHL is considering coming back. But I want to throw this question out there again that I threw out last week, which is because – at least in my opinion, it's seemingly likely that we're going to get a, a start of the season in early February and that the season is going to be condensed in some way, shape, or form. They're not going to get 82 games in like the NBA is planning on doing, which is wild. They're going to start up here like two weeks from now with their preseason, which is wild. But in a shortened season, I brought this up last week, that I think a shortened season could benefit – the Coyotes a little, more so than other teams. And last week we talked about how this realignment could harm the Coyotes in a way where a shortened season could benefit them because 
they, over the last couple of seasons, they've been good in the first 65 games of the season, right? They were in playoff contention in that 18-19 season up until the last three games of the season. Actually, lost 10 games of the season. They were in a playoff spot. And then they shit the bed at home against the Kings, and, and, they, and they blew it. The same thing this year. They were in a playoff spot for most of the season until Darcy Kemper went down to injury about 65 games in the season, and then things kind of went all downhill from there. So in a shortened season, over the last two years, the Coyotes would have been a playoff team in a condensed schedule. And because of the fact that they have those two ace goaltenders, I think that is a big thing to – a big notch for them to have because you're not going to be – in a condensed schedule, you're going to be playing more games in a very condensed way, and so you're going to have to rely on both goaltenders more often in that condensed schedule, and I think that benefits the Coyotes if the season is shortened to something like Major League Baseball did, which is play a 60-game schedule, and I I think that's seemingly where this league is going right now is they're going to play 60-ish games is my guess, maybe even less. Yeah, no matter what, it's going to be strange. There, It's not going to be until the season after next, until we feel some sort of, of normalcy, I guess you could say, in any of our sports. Um, as we've seen from the NFL, um, you can try and create some type of normalcy. Uh, it just doesn't work. Um <laughs> No matter which way you slice it, it always ends up causing problems, especially with like COVID situations and and players not being able to play because of COVID. It's it's such a unique situation that you can't predict a lot of things. And and yes, in a sense of with the Coyotes, um, a shortened schedule does usually bode well for them in the fact that they usually start a season better better than they end a season. Um, but. It, you also have the weird divisions and then you also run into the fact of, you know, you will have players coming in and out due to COVID situations. Um, Cause I, who knows when those players will be receiving a vaccine if they want one. Um, I don't know when they will be in the timeline of everything. So um, that's going to play a part into it. And then, you know, it just, and I'm just going to be too, whether this team comes out fresh and look, the bright thing is they don't have a bunch of like really large changes to the team. So chemistry wise, I should be able to come back um, pretty strong that way, um, except for in, in the bottom six ish. Um, it, it's so hard to say, like, I wish we had like kind of a crystal ball to look at to like kind of predict what things are going to look like and and what it's really going to be. Theoretically, yes, a shortened season would help this team. Um, as someone who has been around the Coyotes for a long time and um, has seen the way that they are, would I be surprised if they somehow still found a way to start out slow and, and then make it better as it goes on and do something completely opposite of what they're known to have done lately. That's a complete possibility with this team. Like if, if Richie and I have ever really repeated something on the show, it is the fact that this team 
it has the weirdest idiosyncrasies about it that no one can really um, predict or really understand, I guess you could say. So I, I would, this is a kind of a long answer to kind of say traditionally, yes, but there are so many variables that it's so hard to say. Yeah, and the last time the NHL had a shortened season was that lockout season of 20, well, I guess 2012, 2013, right? And the Coyotes were coming off a run to the Western Conference Final that season. And in the 48 games, they were middling, basically. They didn't make the playoffs that year, obviously. And I wonder, first of all, it'd be a lot of fun if that was the case and it was just a 48-game drive to the to the playoffs because that would be – because the NHL season is way too long, in my opinion. I would say that for pretty much every sport outside of the NFL. The NFL does it right. They're like – and college football, I guess, for that matter too. We play 16 games in like four months. That's it. It goes by super quick. And that's and that's it. Whereas baseball, NHL, NBA, like takes seven months to play a season, and it's like, oh man, that's way too freaking long. And so I, I actually enjoy the fact that we're gonna have a shortened season this year because it makes every game, every game is gonna be important, right? In a shortened schedule because every game becomes all and the more much of a premium. That's a really good pressure for this team. Yeah, it's, and in a in a in the NHL, we know how tight playoff races could be in other sports. Usually that's not the case, right? Where you're seeing a big disparity between who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. Whereas in the NHL, seemingly every year you're looking at a four or five team race just for that, you know, eighth and final playoff spot. So that's going to be with every win at a premium. The fact that they have those two goaltenders again, that's going to bode well for them. However, and this is something we'll continue to talk about as we ramp up towards the season at some point, you know, where are they going to get the scoring? Then that becomes the problem, the A problem for the Coyotes. If they do like they did last year and they defend well, they get good goaltending, well, where are you going to get the scoring as we saw in the playoffs? Okay, so with our new two episodes a week here, we're going to try and condense things a little bit, at least while we don't really have a lot of hockey to talk about. So we're going to keep the episodes a little bit shorter. Going to move a lot faster, and we're going to move on, Corey, to, of course, wrap up the show with our random shit stories of the week. Uh, no penis talk this week. Really quickly before you do that, though, yes. I do want to tease a couple of things that we have going on in our Thursday show, so that way everyone knows to listen into that. Um, we're going to be talking some ASU NCAA hockey, some Kendall Coin, and possibly some of the latest on the NHL return. And um, and then we'll also be doing more random shit because you can't get enough random shit. Exactly. And I'm actually going to start random shit out this week with not a real random story, but you wanted to talk about it, Corey. And it just kind of escaped my mind in the first half an hour of the show, which is... The story from Vanderbilt football this weekend, they made some history with Sarah Fuller. And, Corey, this was a big, big moment for college football, for sports in general, to see Sarah Fuller become the first ever woman in a to play college football at a Power 5 school. And I actually watched 
some of this game. I watched the first, I watched the second quarter and then the kickoff to the second half and Vanderbilt couldn't move the football at all. So the only time we saw her was the second half kickoff and that was it. But um, Sarah Fuller making history over this weekend. Pretty cool. Oh, it was super cool to see. I mean, um, there. I guarantee you that there are more women and, or more girls, I guess, than you could ever think of that wanted to play in the NFL and want to play in the NFL, but they can't because they're a girl. And that's the same. It, it, and no matter what, when people say like, oh, well, well, women have their own sports and stuff like that. It's just for, for football, no. And for two, any professional women's team never gets paid or has the attendance that men's teams have. It's just not the same. So the fact that you're seeing someone play, and, and, and obviously it wasn't professional, it was a college game, but play for a Power 5 team and be able to get that recognition, it was really, really cool to see. And it was awesome because it meant so much for so many girls out there that got to see that and see her break that glass ceiling and the fact that and it shows that really this isn't um the the traditional things that you think that you're forced into don't necessarily apply to your life you can do whatever you want to do with it and I think a lot of times that's hard because you're mostly told like oh women really aren't athletes they're supposed to be the ones that look pretty and get married to athletes and and it's not true and and I think it was also frustrating to see some people on Twitter and stuff like that say, you know, oh, well, what about um, other people at the school? Wasn't there anyone else at the school that was like more qualified? And did they just choose her because she was a woman? And and that is for the publicity. And that is, is such complete and utter bullshit because, well, one, like they just won a championship for the, uh, the soccer team that she was on there, Vanderbilt. And um, so they're really fucking talented for one Two, um, even if that was the case, which it, it's not like one of the tweets, everyone, I'm not going to call out the person by name, but that everyone was, uh, quote tweeting, including me was, um, saying, well, don't they have a, a men's team? No, they don't have a men's team there. And the women's team kicks ass. So, um, let's not even go there, but it's to me, like, no matter what, this team was 0-7. They played like absolute garbage during that game. And yet it was still such a bright moment because of the fact that they did that, that they did that. So even if it was for a publicity type thing, it was done essentially to um to create some type of change and that in itself is beautiful. And it was, it meant so much to so many people. And I think that is so much bigger than the sport itself. And I, uh, I, I couldn't be proud of the entire situation. It was really cool. I just wish she could have actually been able to do, you know, like an extra point or a field goal or something. I, yeah, that would have, that would have been great. And like you said, Vanderbilt's football team is terrible. Their offense was terrible. Their head coach actually got fired after the game on Saturday because uh, they got shut out in that game against Missouri. And um, and Sarah was asked about like if she wants to stick around or not, and she said, 
I would love to learn more. So if those guys come out of quarantine, I would love to learn from them and their experience. I've been having a lot of fun doing this. This is a challenge for me, but it's something I know I can do. It's applicable from doing a field goal, from doing a goal kick to a field goal kick. So I want to continue learning. And if those guys can help me, I'm all for it. She said, I'm sticking around until someone tells me to go. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, you stick around, girl. And and also, too, she had a very perfectly placed squib kick. Like, good for her. You know? That's mm-hmm. going to be nerve-wracking. Like, just co- going out there and being like, you know, it's not like she got a lot of time to, like, train for this. And so she literally just went out into something that's that's not her sport and was able to perform, which is impressive all on its own. Like, whether you're male, female, or in between, like... That is, it's impressive to be able to take such a big moment and and have poise like that in it. And I have a feeling sooner rather than later, we're going to see a female kicker at the NFL level. And the reason why I say that is, I don't know if you, how often we see, especially this year, kickers just shit the bed. This, on a consistent basis, including Zane Gonzalez for the Cardinals, who missed a... How did I know this was coming? Yeah, missed a possible game-winning kick at the end of the game for the Cardinals and um, and the San Francisco 49ers, their kicker missed a field goal earlier in the game. The LA Rams, my team has gone through four kickers this year. Shit you not. They're on their fourth kicker. Um, so you're telling me there isn't a, a female out there that can crush field goals better than these dudes. They absolutely can, including Carly Lloyd from the U S women's national soccer team. She remember she went and like, not like, basically practiced with the Philadelphia Eagles last year, kicking field goals. And uh, who knows, maybe she'll get a chance in the NFL. Okay, a couple more before we, before we leave you on this this Monday episode. Now this is dumb. This is the dumbest thing I've seen all week here. Um, there was a survey of thirty seven thousand people in regards to what the sexiest accent is. In the world, and I was very surprised to see who came out number Australian. one on the list. That no, I, nope, Australian was not number one. Oh, bitch! Yes, the the winner of the best or the sexiest accent in the world went to the British accent. Mm, close enough. <laughs> Which I was very shocked to see. Um, because, in my opinion, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of... I, uh, the Australian accent is, is one of my favorites. For sure. And, um, and also the Irish accent. A good Irish accent... Also top-notch in my book. Ladies, if you have an Irish accent, go find Richie. Speak uh-huh. in your accent. Yes. Slide into my DMs. It'll be a good way to move on. I'm trying to read the rest of the story here. It's very confusing because it's not in a list form. And I don't like that because it's hard to tell you what the rest of the top accents were. Oh god, you actually have to read the rest of the article in order to figure out what order it's in? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not in a stupid list. Read the article that way. 
It's stupid. I just want to list. Stupid thing. Italian accents were named the third sexiest with 15% of the votes. Um, triumphing in Spain, France, and Portugal. Spanish and Irish accents round out the top five, followed by Australian and American. <laughs> we're last. Boo. But who, so wait, so who was the survey on? Uh, it was a, a, a company called Time Out. But I mean, like, so who did they survey? Did they survey, like, people from around the world? Did they yeah. survey Americans? Yes, yes. 37,000 people from around the world. Everyone. Everyone hates us. <laughs> I feel like we are the basic bitches of the world. Like, we are the basic bitches of the world. There's like, eh, Americans. They hear our accent. They're like, oh, you guys are Americans. We're just like, hey, guys. Like, you know, it's just, it's almost like it's, there's nothing like cool about, about it. You're just like, ah, oh, they're an American. But here in America, we're just like, oh, listen to that cool British accent. And then we make them like talk more. But when we go to other places, they're just like, ah, oh, you're an American. Uh, it's, it's just like an American. identifier, not yeah. like a cool extra thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, I got one more for you. And this has to deal with terrible baby names of which a woman <laughs> basically has stopped talking to her sister because of the name that this woman chose for her child. So the woman explained it that... can't be worse than Elon... Was it Elon Musk who named his like bunch of like... A yeah. something something yes. rather than okay, yeah. Yes, this one's not quite as bad, but the woman explained that her 19-year-old sister is eight months pregnant and a few weeks ago announced she was planning to name her little boy Paradox. It's not terrible. Really? I mean, come on, like com compared to like Apple Blanket. A something 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 or other. Paradox is not that bad. That's. I don't. Uh, yeah. Here's what she, she the the girl went on to say. She said, "Ever since then, I've been texting her a bunch of names, hoping that she'll pick a different one." Yesterday, yesterday she got super annoyed and asked me why I kept suggesting names when she had already picked a name. So I had to be honest, and I told her that Paradox is not a real name, and she and her son are going to be mocked. Um. And the sister has since blocked her on everything and is refusing to even acknowledge her existence. Oh my gosh, that is ridiculous. Like, and you can find ways around it. There's, there's like, a, there's a name in my family that I, I'm just not going to mention. Um, I'm on here that we, we weren't very fond of when we found out about it. Um, but like... We, we found, we eventually came around to it and we, we thought of like nicknames too. Like, so, you know, call him P, call him Dar, I don't know. And you can talk with other names. Docs. That's very manly sounding docs. Mm-hmm. What's up, you know, docs? Like, just, what's up, docs? I know. Yeah. Yeah, he could he could be doc. Maybe he could be a doctor one day. He could be Doctor Docs. I don't know, but 
you know, find ways around it. It's not gonna really matter what his name is, you know? Like, just make sure his middle name is something normal. So if he gets old enough and he hates his name, he can go by his middle name. There's plenty of people that I know that have completely normal first names. I have a friend whose first name is Kelly. She doesn't go by Kelly, she goes by Nikki because her middle name is Nicole. That was her choice. So if, if you know, Paradox, you know, his middle name's like Sam, he can go by Sam if he wants to, if he wants to go by Paradox. I mean, either you need to make this kid be a professional athlete or a musician. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to give them that unique of a name, it has to be, ooh, or an artist of some kind, like makes really intricate like portraits and paintings that people just don't understand. You look at them and they're like, there's a deeper meaning to this. Uh, here, yeah, so my, my nephew's name is Daniel. Which is a great name. I rather like it. But I don't think I I don't think I have I would never tell my sisters outright, like, hey, that name you chose for your kid sucks. However, if it was in reverse and I had a child and I named it something really weird, I would hope they would tell me that the name sucks and can and convince me otherwise. But, but yeah, I, will, I mean, I, it, it depends on the person. Yeah. And, but I, 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 so my family, my grandfather's initials, my dad's initials and my initials are all the same. It's R E F. So if I ever have a child, that's, I'm going to put my foot down and be like, listen, I, this has been happening for three generations. It's going to continue. But so that kind of constricts me. To certain names that start with R, but but I mean, there's a lot of names that start with R that you could choose from. Yeah. You can do a bunch of different ones. You don't necessarily have to do like American names too. They have some that are like really pretty non-American names that you can do. Um, although, like someone needs to become a referee for something, even if it's like little league soccer or something. Like, you guys, just because you have the initials of ref, I never really thought about that. Mm -hmm. I knew your first, middle, and last one, but I never really put your initials together in my head. Aha, uh -huh, see, I, that's what you learned on today's show. I learned how to make a whiskey highball, and you learned that my initials spell ref. So, there you go, Sporting Nation. See, mine are CNC. It's, it's like dynamite, but different. <laughs> All right, anything else before we go? I I think I'm good. I'm just going to be over here enjoying my highball. All righty then, Sporty Nation. Um, this wraps up season one of our show. We've done 80... This is episode 84, I think. Something like that. I have done 83, but I could be wrong. I am terrible at that. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Somewhere in the 80s of episodes we've done in season one... Season 2 begins on Thursday, so be sure to, if you haven't already, subscribe to our show so you, you get notified as soon as it drops on Thursday. Make sure you uh, you can rate us and review us and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, and so until Thursday, Sporty Nation, good night and good hockey, everybody.